Okay, thank you guys. I want to thank our praise team, our choir, and um, Brother Terry, your group there, and then all of you for worshiping this morning, and I pray that the Lord will be blessed by it and was blessed by it. If you brought your Bibles, turn to uh, James chapter 3. I shared, I began uh, kind of a series last week, and um, I want to continue with part two. And so uh, this morning I want to share we taming the tongue in social media. Taming the tongue in social media. And this um, I shared last week and I really didn't finish. And so I wanted to go ahead and share some more this week. And I may not get finished this week. If I don't, I'll share some more next week. I believe it's an important sub- subject that God wants us uh, to look at. And so if you brought your Bibles, turn to James chapter 3, and we'll go ahead and read, um, James, beginning with verse 1, kind of put everything in context, and I'll give you a brief review, and then we'll go into in today's sermon. James 3, verse 1. be reading from the New King James. My brethren, let not many of you become teachers, knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment. For we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle the whole body. Indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn their whole body. Look also at ships, although they're so large and are driven by fierce winds, they're turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. So how great a forest a little fire kindles. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature, and it's set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird, of reptile and creature of the sea, is tamed and has been tamed by mankind. But no man can tame the tongue. It is an unruly evil, full of deadly poison. With it we bless our God and Father, and with it we curse men who've been made in the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceed blessings and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring send forth fresh water and bitter from the same opening? Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Thus no spring yield both salt water and fresh. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. Now, this is going to be our text today, beginning with verse 13. So pay real close attention. Now, let me read that again. Who is the wise and understanding among you? Now, he's, he's been speaking about how evil the tongue is or how evil our words can be. Then all of a sudden, he changes, and he begins to talk about wisdom. Wisdom. Do you think tongue and wisdom go together? Sure it does. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. 
But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. The wisdom does this wisdom, that bitterness and envy, evil, that type of wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, demonic. For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and evil, ever evil thing are there. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable and gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. Now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Heavenly Father, thank you for an opportunity we have to open your word, speak to our hearts this morning. Help me, Father, I pray. Lord, there's so much here. I pray, Lord, if you want me to keep going, you keep me going. If you want me to stop, I'll stop. We'll continue later. But I pray that your will would be done. Let me, let me just share what you would have me to share. Let me share in the right spirit, in the right words, the tongue that I need to share with, the words. Help me, Father, I pray, to preach your word. I know that it will not return void and it'll go forth, and it'll accomplish things that you want it to accomplish. And I make this prayer in all dependency upon you and your Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Let me give you a quick review. Now, I have a lot, a lot, a lot of Scripture. A lot of Scripture. I hope you brought your Bible. Don't leave home without it. Bring your Bible to church. Get you a hard copy. That way you won't be tempted to scroll through something else while God's Word's being shared. Bring you a hard copy. Let people know you have a Bible. So bring your Bible. Take notes. Remember we shared recently how much more you can remember if you'll jot it down than if you'll just hear it one time. And so this is so important. Every time we open God's Word, it's important. Let me just give you a, a little review from James 3, 1 through 12. We saw in context last week that James 3.8 says no one can tame the tongue. However, the tongue can be changed when a person has a changed heart. So our outline last week, do we have that, Austin? We have an outline for last week, maybe in review. Um, our outline last week, see if we have it up for you. Teachers are accountable for what they say. This was last week, kind of like a review. So teachers have a very important job. Uh, teachers are accountable for what they say. Teachers are held to a, a higher standard. Remember that, teachers. You're held to a higher standard, myself included. We're held to a higher standard in context. We're held to a higher standard in, in presentation. We want people to understand what we're teaching, and what we're teaching needs to be in context to the Word of God, not, not our opinions, not, not subjection, not speculation. It's not a speculation class, it's a Bible class. And, 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 how, you, and how you enter that class, prepare for that class, you are held to a higher responsibility. Very serious. Chapter 3, verse 1. Notice what he says. My brethren, 
Let not many of you become teachers, knowing that you shall receive a stricter judgment. Now, you're not joking around. I hope that if you're teaching, you've been gifted to teach. Some people say, they see somebody and they say, well, I wish I could teach like that. I, I, I'm going to teach class, Brother Sammy. I'm going to be like that. Now, if you don't have... If you don't have the gift of teaching, you don't need to be teaching. Why is that? Because you're held to a stricter standard. You're bringing judgment upon yourself. And so as teachers, we need to be very careful. We're held to a higher standard. Secondly, we discovered the perfect man doesn't stumble. Now, we don't know but one perfect man, and that was Jesus. And he never stumbled with his words. He never stumbled with his tongue. He was perfect in that way. None of us are perfect in that way. All of us have stumbled in some way with our tongue, myself included. So we discover the perfect man doesn't stumble. Jesus, the only perfect man. Point being, you will stumble with your tongue. However, we do have the ability to control what we say as a believer because we have a changed heart. And number three, the tongue is small, but it directs the entire body. It's small like a horse's bit, but it's able to control a larger beast. Your tongue is small, but it sets your course. It controls you. It's small like a match. Your tongue sets on fire the course of your life. It also can set on fire someone else's life. But it's, it's small, but it's very destructive. So you can set your life ablaze with what you do with your tongue. You can set someone else's life ablaze by what you do with your tongue. And then it's small like a rudder on a huge ship. It, it, guides, the, it guides the ship. I mean, a huge aircraft carrier the size of maybe 100 football fields is guided by really a small rudder compared to the ship. And so the point is we have to be careful because what we have in our mouth is amoral. It's not good. It's not bad. It's controlled from what? The heart. Your heart controls what comes out here. So what comes out here is a direct reflection of what's in here. And number four, no one can tame the tongue. And the Bible says that. However, we discovered that a person cannot tame the tongue but a person can control their tongue if they have a new heart. James 1, James 1 verse 26 says at best, it says this, If anyone among you thinks he's religious and does not bridle his tongue, control his tongue, but he deceives his own heart, his religion is useless. And so what comes out here lets everyone know what you have in here, whether it's Christ or not. Very important. So how do you reconcile the inability to change the tongue, the need to change the tongue, the connection between the tongue and the heart? Matthew 12, 34 says this, How can you be an evil, speak of good things? For out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaketh, and so how we reconcile, we can't change it. We've got to change it. How does this relate to this heart thing? We've got to have a new heart. And so when a person is saved, God takes the old stony heart and he puts a new heart inside of the individual. 
a new heart. So you've got to have a heart transplant when you become a Christian. And whether you do or not is, is exhibited by what you say. Now, today, and I'm not going to have time, I don't see this. I remember the review, and I won't go over it next week. Taming the tongue in social media. Now, we've learned that there's a direct connection from your heart to your mouth, to your keyboard, to your phone. It's what's in here. But the good news is that you confess Jesus Christ, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, and he'll save you, and he'll give you a new heart. And then you start this process of sanctification of your words, your sanctification of your tongue. Always remember that sanctification, becoming more like Jesus, in every area of your life requires two things. It requires discipline and it requires effort. It takes effort to become more like Jesus and that includes an effort in controlling your tongue. And if you're a believer, don't say, I can't, I can't control what I say. Don't, don't, don't use the excuse, that lame excuse. Well, if you think it, you better say it. No, no, that's, you show me that in the Bible. I'll show you in a few minutes where you better keep your mouth shut. So to become more like Jesus, that includes controlling your tongue. First of all, in today's outline, the proper use of the tongue. Now, I'm going to share 12 characters, and that may be all the time we have before we get to point number two. But 12 characters on how to use my tongue. Or 12 characteristics, I'm sorry. 12 characteristics and how to use my tongue. How do I use my tongue? Now, you view this as you think of your speech. You view this as evidence of fruit of a tree that gives evidence of a tame tongue. Remember, we, we studied last week about... Uh, it's, it's what grows in your life, what fruit you have on the tree determines if you're saved or not. So when I mention these characteristics, think of those as fruit growing on the tree. Do I have these in my life? So you view this as evidence of fruit on a tree that gives evidence of a tame tongue. Characteristics of the fruit on the tree that will identify a heart that matches my profession. You want your speech to match your profession of faith. And if it don't, you've got a serious problem. Now, first of all, first characteristic, confess with your mouth. Well, what do we do? Well, we, we confess. Romans 10, 9 and 10. Look at that scripture with me. Do, I, do we have that? Romans 10, 9 and 10. That if you confess with your mouth that the Lord Jesus, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. Verse 10. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So the first thing that, that I confess with my mouth should be that Jesus Christ is Lord. That's a characteristic of a controlled tongue. First off, have you made that confession? Have you trusted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life? If you haven't, you have no control of your tongue. You're out of control with your speech. You may try to do better. You may for a while, but all of a sudden that heart thing comes out. 
you still got that old heart, that old evil heart inside of you. And it's demonstrated by a refusal to confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. And then, second, number two, teach God's Word. Now, teach God's Word. Deuteronomy chapter 6. Deuteronomy chapter 6. Deuteronomy 6, verse 7. You shall teach them, that's speaking about parents teaching their children the Word of God. You shall teach them diligently to your children. You shall talk of them when you sit in the house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. Now, he said in a characteristic of a, of a controlled tongue is that parents will teach their children the Word of God. Are you doing that? Where are your children? Are you teaching them the Word of God? You have that responsibility. When you sit down, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up, teach them the Word of God. So the proper use of the tongue, first, confess the Lord. Secondly, teach your children the Word of God. And third, speak of God. Speak of Him. Psalm 71, Psalm 71, verse 15 through 18. My mouth shall tell of your righteousness and your salvation. Notice this, you're speaking of God. This is what you're going to do with a controlled tongue. You're going to talk about God. My mouth shall tell of your righteousness and your salvation all the day. For I do not know their limits. I'll go in the strength of the Lord. I will make mention of your righteousness all of yours only. Oh God, you've taught me from my youth, and to this day I declare your wondrous works. I'm going to declare your wondrous works. And also when I'm old and gray-headed, oh God, do not forsake me until, until I declare your strength to this generation. Oh people, I mean senior adults, you know what we're supposed to be doing with gray hair? Declaring the marvelous works of God with our tongue to this next generation. Are we going to lose them? Going to lose them. Oh God, do not forsake me until I declare your strength to this generation. Your power to everyone who is to come. That's what we do with our tongue. We speak of God. If it is a controlled tongue, we speak of God. And so there's five references there, if you noticed, that you're to be talking about as a believer. Righteousness of God, the salvation of God, the works of God, the strength of God, and the power of God. That's how we use a controlled tongue. Number four, preach the gospel. Matthew 28, the Great Commission. Go ye therefore, teach all nations, baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. Teach them to observe all things that I've commanded you. And lo, I'll be with you always, even to the end of the world. And so this is directed to you and to I. It's, it's directed to you, it's directed to me to tell people about Jesus. It's not just the preachers, the deacons, the Sunday school teachers, you know, paid staff or professional evangelists. It's our responsibility to preach the gospel. Now, not only to preach it, 
but to live it. Now, folks, you can't have it both ways. You can't have it one way. You've got to have it both ways. You can't just preach a gospel and not live it. You can't just live it without preaching it. We got to preach it and we got to live it. Romans 10. Romans 10, uh, verse uh, 14, I believe it is. How then shall they call on him in whom they've not believed? How shall they believe in him who they've not heard? How shall they hear without a preacher? You're thinking, well, all right, that's the preacher's not me. You're speaking to everyone. You know, you's a preacher proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ. So preach the gospel. Be, we, we're to speak the gospel. We are to live the gospel. Live it. And then number five, and I've got to hurry. We're to speak truth. Ephesians 4. Ephesians 4, verse 25, I believe it is. Ephesians 4, verse 25. Listen what he says. Ephesians 4, 25. Therefore, put in away line. Let each one of you tell the truth. Speak the truth with his neighbor, for we're members of one another. So we're not to lie. We're not to tell falsehoods. We're not to deceive. We're not to tell little white. Did you know there's no little white lie in God's vocabulary? He just he says the same person that commits murder, won't go, uh, that person won't go to heaven. And he says there'll be no liars in heaven. Tell the truth. Speak the truth. I don't believe Washington has ever read that verse. I really don't. Do they know how serious this is? To lie where millions of people know that you're lying? That's serious stuff. If you have a controlled tongue and Jesus lives in your heart, you are going to speak the truth. Why would I want to lie? My goodness. We're to speak the truth. Number six, you build up each other. Ephesians 4, verse 29. We build up each other. Ephesians 4. Let's see if I can find that. Ephesians 4, verse 29. Uh, let no corrupt communication come out of your mouth. That means cursing, vulgarity also. Let me just put it that way. Don't let any corrupt communication. Don't let, let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessarily or necessary edification that it may impart grace to the hearer. If you've got anything to say about anybody and anything to say to anybody, build them up with your words. Edify them. Build them up. Don't lie. Don't, say, <laughs> don't tell, man, you look good today. And think, man, that's... I'm, no, tell them the truth. No, don't tell them the truth. Don't say nothing then. <laughs> Especially keep your mouth... That's one time you keep your mouth shut. You say, I feel, you know, how are you today? Well, I hate to feel so bad and go on, you know. Don't, don't stand there and dig your hole. Speak the truth, build each other up. And then number seven, <clears throat> we are to admonish one another. You know what that word admonish means? It means to warn. We're to warn each other. 
I believe in the conference, they said this week, uh, a, a blind spot. And what do you refer to that to as a blind spot? You know somebody that's got a blind spot in their life? And you can see that it's just driving them down and down and down. And they don't know it. They think everything is hunky-dory and everything's going fine. And they're doing this on the side and doing this on the side. They got this blind spot and they don't know that it's bringing destruction to their life. Do them a favor as a believer, as a brother in Christ, and admonish them. Hey, brother, let me tell you something. You may not be aware of this, but... You know, there's people, you know, they're watching your testimony and you're destroying your testimony by what you're saying and what you're doing. That's using your tongue in a controlled way to edify a brother and to admonish them in the Lord. And that's how we use our tongue. So we're to use our tongue. Admonish, your Bible says admonish, put warn out there beside of it. Colossians, Colossians 3, verse 16 says this, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another. Now, so we're to admonish one another. So you don't warn each other with your opinion. What do you warn them with? The word of God. This is what the Bible says. It's not what I think. It's not what I feel. But God says, you should be doing that. So you need to warn them. Number eight, another characteristic of a controlled tongue. We're to sing. Sing. We're to sing. Amen. We're to make a joyful noise unto the Lord. We're to sing from the bottom of our heart. Just let it come up and flow out. But we're to sing. That same verse says, Let the, war, uh, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another, in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. That's what we're to do. You come to a worship service and sit there and not sing? Check your heart and see if you've been saved. We're to sing. I can't sing. I can't either, but I'm going to sing. And if you don't like the way it sounds, I'm not singing to you. I'm singing to the Lord. And he'll like it. That's what he says do. We need to get our act together in worship. So a characteristic of a controlled tongue, commanded to sing. Singing is appropriate, an appropriate use of the word. Number nine, expressing thanksgiving. Colossians 3, 16 and 17. I read 16, verse 17. And whatever you do in word or do, a deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. When's the last time you thank? Did you thank God this morning when you got up for getting you up, for giving you another breath of life? And you walk around all religious-like and all pious-like, and you getting ready to go to church, and you haven't even thanked the Lord for the breath He gave you when you got up. Number 10, pray. 1 Thessalonians 5, 17, pray without ceasing. Number 11, confess our sins. You don't keep your sin to yourself. It's, it's not healthy. David said it made him hurt all over. Psalm 32 Verse 3, listen to what he says. 
When I kept silent, my bones grew old through my groaning all the day long. It's not good to keep sin to yourself. You need to confess that to the Lord. So these are characteristics of the fruit tree that will identify a heart that matches a profession that I am a believer in Jesus Christ. And there are a lot, 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 lot more fruit that I could mention. But for the sake of time, I don't have time. So it's impossible to use these words consistently on a consistent basis apart from grace and the sanctification of God. If you don't grow in grace and your sanctification and becoming more like Jesus, you won't have these in your life. You'll just be an old backslidden Christian hobbling along in a God-forsaken world and not doing what God wants you to do. So the big question is, how do we apply what we've learned to the Internet and social media? That's part three. I just can't get through. One, two, three. I can't. I can't. can't do it. Y'all wouldn't stay. You'd get up and leave. That'd be part three. Now, let's talk about this fruit stuff. Do you have any of that hanging around in your life? You see how you can control your tongue? You can't control your tongue if you don't have a changed heart. It takes a changed heart. Father, I come to you. I thank you for an opportunity to share your word. And Lord, I know for a reason. I know it's for a reason. But I have to stop here. But Lord, you said so much to this point. I ask you, Lord, to forgive me for not sanctifying my speech and being consistent with that. I pray for every person here. I pray for those who have never realized, but perhaps today it just kind of hit home and your Holy Spirit just put your thumb on it. Holy Spirit, you just put your thumb on it. And it just dawned on someone for the first time. I need to confess Jesus Christ as Lord of my life. I need to submit to his lordship. I need to ask him to forgive me and come into my life and save me. I, Lord, uh, that they would pray, God, that they might pray, Lord, I want to control my tongue. I, I'm kind of... I'm going ever which way with it. And I want to have self-control. And before that, I realize today I've got to have a new heart. And God, I pray today that you'll give me that new heart. I pray they'll pray that prayer. Would you pray something? Let me just pray something like this. Dear God, I know that I'm a sinner. And I know that Jesus Christ came and he died on the cross for my sins. He was my substitute. I should have been hanging on that cross. But he was willing to die in my place. And I want to take, if it's the last breath I have, I want to confess that I believe with all of my heart that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and he died on the cross for me. And he was buried. And he arose again and he was victorious 
over death, over the grave, over sin. And now he reigns on high and he sits at the right hand of the Father, ready to forgive me of my sins. And so, God, today, have mercy on me. Forgive me of my sins. I turn from my sins and I turn to Jesus for my salvation. I don't understand it all, what's next, but I know what I need to do today. And I pray, Lord, that that you would hear my prayer, forgive me of my sins, and save my soul. In Jesus' name. Well, again, I want to thank you for viewing our worship service. If you'd like to know how you could come to know Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, please feel free to contact our church at the address listed. We also encourage you to visit our website, Thank you, and may God bless you.